0: Thanks for joining us here at Thrive Church. We're a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. For more information, go to our website, www.thrivechurch.co.za. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Wow, wow. Greetings in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, indeed, this is a thriving church. You you must be fit to, to be a member of this church. You know, we came here in the morning. We had to run. And we went to Adenville. Just when I finished, I had to run. <laughs> if you are not fit, you cannot handle this. Well, thank you, Pastor Barron, together. Candice, thank you for having me this morning. And uh, so we really, really thank God and uh, for you guys. And I forgot to honor you, say, as well in the morning. And, uh, you know, just for standing in the gap, you know, for us. And, uh, and here we are today. We can stand in this great platform because of your great work that we have done. So I want to honor you. I <laughs> honor you this morning. Amen. Um, I think you saw my beautiful wife on the picture. Uh, we've got five children with that woman. We did not have any television at that time. and So I blame those days that we did not have a television. So we've got five children. And, but they are all healthy and strong, so they are passing their greetings. So next time when I come here, I'll be coming with my entire village. Um, so it, it's a village. They keep us busy. Are you good this morning? I hope I'm going to enjoy myself. I really enjoyed myself in the morning and even at Aiden Vale, you know. And so we had a good time. I pray that you are going to have a good time as well. I think you'll agree with me this morning as I talk under this topic, Outliving Yourself. You would agree with me this morning that humans are selfish by nature. Would you agree with me? By nature, we are selfish. We all have a desire to achieve things for ourselves. That that is us, human beings. However, to outlive yourself requires you to see beyond yourself. You know, most of the time, people, they can't see beyond themselves. It's like we put ourselves in a bottle, we can't see beyond ourselves. No wonder why we can't Outlive ourselves. Outliving ourselves is more than a single action. It's a life worth living. Probably you're asking, what is it, you know, or outliving? What what does that have to do with me? But look at the definition of outliving yourself. If you may write this, will actually benefit you. Outliving yourself simply means to live longer than yourself. I love that. Live longer than yourself. And not only that, it's to give something that's lasting. Most of the time, people, they just want to give services and run away. You know, we just want to close the deal. And then as long as I've got my money, I don't want to come back and render services. It's the culture we're living in now. You know, outliving yourself simply means to continue to exist longer than your life. You are no more But you continue to exist You know as a pastor You know also pastoring and Interacting with people in the township You know what breaks my heart Is when I read the obituaries You know they are so stressing Most of them You know and one of the obituaries will say He was born in this year He had children And he died Really? You were just born to have children and die And then you are forgotten. I strongly believe life is bigger than that. And when you continue to look at the definition, it simply says to have a purpose that will last beyond your death. To make things better for generations to come. That is outliving yourself. You are no more. But people, they continue to benefit from your works and your impact that you have made in the society. Don't just be born and die and be forgotten, and without bringing any color. Look at the last two. Grab these ones. Outliving yourself simply means refusing to accept the status quo by constantly, constantly, constantly breaking through limitations. Because life will always give you limitations. But it is your role and your responsibility to keep on breaking them. You know, it's not going to be easy, but you must keep on keeping on. And not only that, the final one, it simply means stepping beyond the impossible borders and making a difference. That is what we're talking about. Now, my sermon, this sermon was inspired by the story of this young girl by the name of Taylor Storch. Taylor Storch, age 14, lived her life with joy and brought happiness to all who knew her. In March 15, 2010, the world lost a vibrant and a gifted young person when a tragic skiing accident changed everything for the Storch family while vacationing in Colorado. Listen to this story. After Taylor's parents were told That Taylor would not survive, they made a choice, a prayerful choice. They knew their daughter, you know, would want. What did they do? You know, her parents, Todd and Tara, agreed to let Taylor give the gift of life through organ donation. Please don't worry about this. I'm not here to ask you to donate your organs. I'm just telling you the story. Although their grief was so painful, immeasurable, The Storch family has been transformed by the hope and happiness that have been restored to other families whose loved ones have been saved by Taylor's organs. And this is what happens with her organ. Taylor's organs went to a number of different people in need. Look at this. Her heart was given to a 39-year-old mother of two in Arizona. And then her pancreas and one kidney to a 49-year-old husband and father in Colorado. And her other kidney to a 33-year-old man in Colorado. Her corneas and liver changed to other lives in other parts of the country. You know, Taylor's Gift Foundation was created to honor Taylor's many talents and gifts and especially her ultimate gift. Listen to that, life for others. How's that? I mean, that it's a beautiful definition of outliving, you know, yourself. If you Google this story, you know, it goes on. It tells us about this woman who was given a heart. You know, she, you know, she persisted. She actually said, "I want to see the parents of this donor." And then she was given an opportunity to be introduced, you know, to the parents. And for the first time, she sensed the heartbeat of her daughter in someone's body. And the beauty of that, it was to see this woman raising children, you know, and then with the heart of her daughter. You know, she was no more, but her life made an impact. She was no longer alive, but her life made an impact. That is what I'm talking about when I'm saying you need to outlive yourself. Now, look at what the scripture says about these matters of outliving yourself. Look at John chapter 12. Look at John chapter 12. A beautiful scripture. In verse 1, it says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Now, I want you to see three characters here. It says, Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then verse 3 says, then Mary took about a pint of pure an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the the house was filled with the fragrance of... Of the perfume. Three different characters. You've got Martha. Who decided to cook. Without Jesus asking her to cook. She just assumed that Jesus was hungry. Nobody told her that Jesus was hungry. Well Martha. At least she has done something in the house. But you've got a guy. That I can't even understand. Who was just resurrected a day ago. Lazarus. Instead of jumping. That Jesus has come into the house. And the guy, you know what? He's chilling with Jesus. He's just having a good time. And I look at that picture. It's like a beautiful picture of the churches of today. You've got guys. The Lord has done so much for them. Has done so much for them. They they were dead and they are now resurrected. They've got life. But you know what they are doing? They are chilling in the presence of the Lord. They are taking it so cool like just Lazarus. (laughs) Look at the person next to you and say, I hope it's not you. (laughs) But Mary decided to take a different tune. She decided to sing a different song. So in verse 4, it says, but one of his disciples, another character, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him. One translation says, you know, what a waste. He objected. And why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. A different character. While things are happening, he's calculating. He's an accountant in the house. What a waste. How can they really spend so much to the life of a pastor? We have so much poor people in the house. And this pastor is driving this beautiful car. He's making calculations. He's in the house. amazing. Different characters. Different characters. But it's amazing, the Bible says, he did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone. Leave her alone. It was intended that she she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. And look at verse 24. Very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Listen to me. You will never outlive yourself until you die to yourself. If you don't want to die to yourself, you're going to remain a single seed. But if you can die to yourself, you are on your way of outliving yourself. Let me give you a few qualities, seven qualities of outliving yourself this morning. And I pray that after this, all of us are going to go out there and make an impact. Number one, if you want to outlive yourself, you need to live intentionally. If I know English very well, I did not say live internationally. I said live intentionally. There's a, there's a huge difference to live internationally and to live intentionally. You don't have to run away from where you are to make an impact. You can make an impact where you are. I'm here to encourage you guys. I know it's so stressful to live in South Africa. There are a lot of things that have been said in a public arena and, 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 and you don't even feel comfortable. Let me tell you, if the Lord has called you to live in this place and make an impact, live with intentions. Live with intentions. And when you look at that word, living intentionally, it simply means making decisions every day that will propel you towards your destiny. Don't allow people to steal your destiny. Because you've got a destiny that God has put aside for you. And you must make decisions every day that will propel you, you know, to your destiny. So the Bible says, Mary took about a pint of pure night. It was a decision. There were many perfumes. I strongly believe she had many perfumes. But this time she decided to take this one. She took. It was, that is an action word. That is a verb. She took. It was a decision. That I'm going to take this one. And intentionally, She did that. And that is the first thing that you need to do. Second thing, if you want to outlive yourself, you must live vividly. You must live vividly. And when you look at that word vividly, simply means living a life of color. An undiluted life. Making a powerful impact on the emotions. That is living vividly. A life of color. I mean, when you look at this story, the Bible says, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. The life, the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Now, I hope you see what I see here. Martha already was cooking in that house. And already there was a smell of food. I don't know if she was Cooking chicken or fish, I don't know. But my imagination tells me that there was another smell. There was a smell in the house. But even in that smell, we find a woman by the name of Mary who decided to break the bottle. As she broke that bottle, the whole atmosphere changed. The Bible says the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. I just said this morning in 1880. I don't know what is the smell of Aydin Let me also say, I don't know what is the smell here in Bogsberg. I don't know what is the smell around. Because in South Africa, we are known with the smell of a crime. We are known with the smell of rape. We are known with a lot of smell in, in, in South Africa. But I don't know what is the smell that is ruling this place. But listen to me. It doesn't matter the smell. Because if there's a smell in place, God is hoping that Christians in the place will be broken and the fragrance of Christianity will fill in the place. I want to tell you something. You know why the smell of crime and rape and all this smell continues to smell in our community? It is because Christians, they are hiding in a bottle that I call church. They are not broken. We are inside the church and we are hiding. Our smell cannot go out until we are broken and allow the smell to go out and all these things. It is a shame that we are known as a Christian country, but the crime and the things that are happening in this country, they are so worse. It is because we are hiding. It's time for us to outlive ourselves. Number three, Leave. Forgivingly. Live forgivingly. Very important. Live forgivingly. You will never outlive yourself until you choose to forgive. You will never outlive yourself until you choose to forgive. 11 years ago, we lost our baby boy. My, My brother, my eldest brother had three boys. My second brother had two boys, I had, I mean, two girls, I had two girls. So in my tabula's family, it was only girls. And after a prayer, God blessed us with a boy, with a baby boy. And unfortunately, four days later, the boy died. And let me tell you, it was the mistakes of the doctors. Painful experience in my life. And living in South Africa, the doctor is a white doctor. The manager of the hospital is a black manager. He comes to me and says, "Noah, this is a negligent of the doctor. Sue, sue him and we'll support you. I'm a pastor. I'm a child of God. I said, well, I'll pray about it. Let me speak to, to the person who has been carrying the baby which it it was my wife. I said, you know what? This is what is happening and then what are we going to do about it? And my wife said, well, as much as this guy, they've calculated 12 million rand and all that, you know, if I begin to build a house with that money, if I buy a car and somebody says to us, how did you manage to build this house and all that and what are you going to say to them? My wife said, I don't need a cent of that. There's no one in his sober mind who can just decide to kill your baby this person is a doctor, things just happened and let's just accept and forgive, we went we said we're not going to take this matter, we forgive this man that's it let me tell you how I wish I had the photos a year later we were blessed with twins, two boys two boys I'm saying to you the power of forgiveness. I refuse to walk with the spirit of unforgiveness. I'm saying to you, I don't know what are your challenges sitting here. I don't know the pains that people have caused you, but if you want to outlive yourself, you must learn to forgive and move on. You know what is troubling me in this country? You find even a 15-year-old young man. And he goes, yeah, apartheid was heavy, you know. Apartheid, apartheid, you know, apartheid. Only 15 years old. And I look at him and said, what do you know about apartheid? Because people love to camp into their past. You know why your car has a big windscreen in front? And then you have a small mirror Because a small mirror, you must look at your past with a small mirror because the future is bright and that is why your window must actually be bigger because what is more important is what is ahead of you and what is behind you, it is not that important. So if you want to outlive yourself, look at the past. You're just wasting your time. You're just wasting your time. Can you imagine that day? coming into this doctor's office with the twins with my wife and say, look what the Lord has done. Unforgiveness will put you in a hole. You will never achieve anything. You will never be remembered even when you are normal. You know why we celebrate Nelson Mandela today? It is because he demonstrated these things into the world. And as much as we say he was not, most of the guys are saying he was not a Christian. But let me tell you, he supersedes even many Christians. Those who are filled with the Spirit, they can't even forgive their own parents, their own sisters in the same house. You come to the same church, you can't even forgive the person sitting next to you. And you want to outlive yourself. My goodness me, time. I think it was Bernard Melteza who said, When you forgive, you in no way change the past, but you sure do change what? The future. Number four, live sacrificially. Live sacrificially. If you want to outlive yourself, you must live sacrificially. Living sacrificially simply means to offer yourself and being expanded for others. Offer yourself and being expanded for others. You cannot make an impact until you die to yourself. A seed must go Under the ground must die so that it can be expanded. You know the picture that I have this morning? It's a picture of a single parent. You work alone. You've got three children. You get the salary, but you don't consume that salary alone. You know, you get it, and then you begin to expand that salary to your children. You take a little bit. You give it to your children. You take a little bit. You bring it to the church. You take a little bit. You offer, you know, to, to the orphanage. In the little that you have, that is how, you know, you live a sacrificial life. If you want to outlive yourself, let me tell you, people who always kept things to themselves will never be remembered. Stingy people will never be remembered by history. You've got people who are stingy with their time. They are even stingy with their smile. Hello? Just a smile. Just so stingy with your smile. And you want to be remembered. Am I helping somebody here? Look at the person and say, I know it's not you. I think it was Abdul Kalam. Abdul Kalam said these words one day. He said, let us sacrifice our today so that our children can have a better tomorrow. Sacrifice today. We can't eat everything today. I always tell the politicians, when I'm with them, I said, guys, come on, come on, man. Come on, you can't just be corrupt like this. At least we know we cannot change you. I know by nature as a politician, you just, it's in you to steal. But, but steal a little bit. Because remember, most of them are not Christians. I, I can't say to them, don't steal. They don't understand that language. I said, but steal a little bit and make sure you do more. You can't take everything. What about the next generation? I mean, come on, Guptas, Guptas, can you really, really in all the departments, all the departments, you want to take everything in every department. SAA, they were there. You know, social department, they were there. Everywhere, they were there. Everywhere. What's going to happen with the next generation if you want to consume all these things alone? One person with 15 cars. One person with six wives. I and mean, let they say one person with six wives. Really? about tomorrow. Am I helping somebody here? It's all about outliving yourself. Guys, if you can't outlive yourself and think about the next generation, you're not going to be remembered. And number five, live generously. Live generously. Give today to get a better tomorrow. You need to give today a better tomorrow. Today you are enjoying my ministry. You are enjoying my ministry. But most of you don't know my background. At the age of 10, I ran away from home. Age of 10. And for five years, I was in the streets of Johannesburg smoking glue, dacha, taking benzene, and that was my life. I was living a life of a hobo for five years. Until a woman discovered me and said, I want to take you back home, and I'm going to mentor you, I'm going to sponsor you, I'm going to take you to school, I'm going to pay you know, school fees for you. At the age of 15, Persevering, I was taught how to read again at the age of 15. I passed my matric. I don't even want to use the word passed. I finished my matric at the age of 22. Finished my matric at the age of 22. But you see, it is because somebody decided that I'm going to give. I'm going to be generous. May her soul rest in peace. She is not here today. But look what the Lord has done through her generosity. When you give, that's how you outlive yourself so outlive yourself. I love what Israel more said one day. He said, rivers don't drink their own waters. Listen to this young man. He says rivers they don't drink their own waters. Trees don't eat their own fruits. The soul seasons the soup in order to have its purpose what? Fulfilled. And he goes on he says live for others. Live for others. Number six, live compassionately. You need to live compassionately. Compassion is the act of going out of your way to help others. You go all out of your way, out of your way to help others. That is compassion. Listen to what Martin Luther King Jr. said one day. He said, True compassion is more than flinging a coin to a beggar. He says, it comes to see that an edifice which produces beggars needs restructuring. He says, it is not enough just to give a beggar a coin. Because over the years, I have realized people will do that so that they don't feel bad. We just want to quiet, you know, the thing that is bothering us. And we give away that coin. That is not compassion. I speak from experience, because when you give that young man that coin, you know what you're doing? You are actually empowering him to buy more glue. You are empowering him to buy more dacha and all that. As much as you are feeling better, but you are worsening the situation. If you really, really, really have compassion, I would say to you, prepare probably, you know, a small meal, you know, a sausage and all that. And if you really want to be a blessing, you'd rather give him a sausage. But we have taken this thing in our church to another level. You know, we'll identify a few of them, interview them, and if they are willing, we're taking them to a rehab center and make a better life out of them. You know, that is compassion. And you even ask them the real question, why are you here? What makes you to be here? Are your parents aware that you are here? You deal with serious questions, not just giving a coin. That is true compassion. Listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, you know, when he saw the crowds, He had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. It goes on in that scripture, and then he says, you know, we must pray to the Father you know, to give us more workers because Jesus always wanted to deal with the situation, not just to look at the situation at a distance. He says, pray to the Father. He goes on and says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. He says, this problem can be solved if the workers can avail themselves. And let me tell you, you know why we continue to have these problems? It is because workers are not availing themselves. And as a matter of fact, the boy who just raped 15 minutes ago, the boy who just raped 15 minutes ago, let me tell you, we call this a rape. God says this is not a rape, it's a neglect. This young man, he was ripe, he was ripe, he was ready to be harvested. Five years, ten years ago, but the church was not there to harvest them. Now today they've come, they've become something else. They've become something else. Now, they are smelling very bad into us and we call it a crime. And God says, this is not a crime. It is a neglect. If we were so compassionate enough, we would change this situation. Am I speaking to somebody? Look at the last one. Look at the last one. Live futuristically. Live futuristically. And living futuristically simply means, you know, you live with a future in mind. You live with the future in mind, and not just the future in mind, but eternity in mind. This one, it blows my mind. Look at this latest model, actually, 2025 BMW model. I'm praying that I'll have one for this. Let me tell you, this is a 2025 i18 BMW, 2025 model. So we are beaten by the world. You know, the Germans, in 2018, you know what they do? They actually step into 2025. They design a car that will be suitable for 2025. They bring the picture. When we say made and conditioned, they begin to distribute the picture to other dealers. You know, your VW, you know, your Porsche, whatever. They are sent to them, If you are thinking of a design, forget about this one. Because this design belongs to us. All that we are waiting for, we are waiting for 2025 to arrive. And what we are going to do, we're just going to release, you know, a BMW for 2025. And you and I, we're calling it a latest model. It's a latest model to you because you are behind. But not with them. They saw this thing in the future. In a nutshell, these guys, they are here, they come to 2025, they claim 2025. They claim it, 2025, and they go back into 2018. They relax because they know that everything is okay with 2025. You understand? You see, the church must think like that, that when we invest in the children's church, it is not about today. It is about tomorrow. When we serve these young people, it is not about today. It is about tomorrow. When you serve... It is not about today. We are investing tomorrow so that when tomorrow comes, we know that things are excellent. Let me close with these words. A life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. Can I say that again? A life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. Which is the next generation. The question is. What's your life. Doing to other lives. It's your life impacting. Other people. Because the truth is. When you are more, You will be remembered. With two things. The problems. You solved. Or the problems. You caused. So the question is. Which one you want to be remembered with? The problems you solved or the problems you caused? Thrive Church, I want to challenge you this morning. There are many problems in our city. Let us go out there and solve the problems. Let's solve the problems. God bless you. This message was recorded live at Thrive Church. We hope that it inspired you to move towards Jesus.